This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The sands of time very nearly went against Mansfield Town, but a late double dip into the loan market to sign two defenders left the Stags fans and boss Nigel Clough feeling very relieved. Well, they give us some much-needed cover, uh, first of all, uh, and also by for uh, a starting place. Uh, losing James Perch uh, for an indefinite period has been a, a huge blow for us, uh, so we definitely needed to strengthen that area. Ideally, would have liked a little bit more experience there, uh, but we just missed out on a, on a couple that we've been working on. Uh, but we've got these two lads in the background and just pressed the button on them when we didn't get the others. The additions of Richard Naughty from Burnley and Will Forrester from Stoke give Manfred much-needed cover. But with experienced man James Perch out indefinitely with a head injury, the state could well still do business with a pool of free agents all eager for a deal. Christmas is around the corner after all. We'll talk about that. No, not Christmas. Plus, lots more, including under-par performances and strength in depth as the Stags lose their opening Papa John's Trophy group game at Harrogate 3-1. We'll also reflect on the season's opening month. As always, we want you to get involved in the comments, so let us know your thoughts. Are you pleased with the transfer business? Are you satisfied with the opening month performances? Anything you want to say that's Stags-related, get it in the comments right now if you want to the live feed. If you listen to the audio version of this, hit us up on social media or come and join us on a live show. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield matters. Two loan signings on deadline day for Stags boss Nigel Clough to alleviate defensive worries, but a defeat in the Papa John's Trophy. 
Is all rosy with Mansfield Town? Can they find their feet again as they face Harrogate again in Skybet League Two? And will the new two new signings be enough to see the Stags through um, later on as the season goes on? As always, get involved in the comments and have your say on your team. As I'm joined by some would say a crack team of Mansfield Town supporters to have their say on their team as usual we've got clive parking good evening clive come in clive good evening how are you are you well have you recovered from last night yet i wasn't troubled by last night it was uh, it was that non-event that i predicted it would be i uh, i can't lose sleep over losing in the papa luigi cup one man who can potentially lose sleep over the papa luigi cup other than me is mr nathan edge coming mr edge how are you even, yeah, very, well, good as can be, good as can be. Still reflecting over last night, and I'm still not 100% sure how I feel. So hopefully by the end of this, you can help me out with that. Did you just say good as can be or good as can be? No, what's it? Cam? cam that, that rings a bell. Cam rings a bell. Who's Cam? Hey! This guy, there he is. <laughs> Hello, mate. Hello. How are you? Have you, sorted, have you sorted your audio out yet? Because we were badly echoing through you before. I think so. You think so, dear me. Yeah. Where have you been? What have you been doing? And why did you dis- why did you leave rugby? Why did you watch rugby to not do the podcast? <laughs> um, I, I mean, by the the room, uh, it's new setup, new TV. Well, same old TV, but new setup, new flat. Um, I went to the rugby because it was one of my last nights of freedom before moving in here. But hang on. Oh, what's he? What, what's he doing now? You know, if he, I, I, I don't know what he's doing. This is so unprofessional, and I can hear myself back because he's not got headphones and he's not got the. Me- oh, there's a child. <laughs> Have you stolen that? <laughs> would you Would you care to explain for those who don't follow Mansfield matters? So, just... my little girl was born on the 24th of July, uh, same day that we played Hull. Um, and since then, she's been living with my partner in Lincoln, sort of like Lincoln sort of way, because of how hospitals work with the care and the community midwives. So, last week, we finally moved into our new flat and um, getting settled and, uh, yeah, just enjoying being a little family i have two questions for you the oh, first one is tired. is uh why isn't she in a mansfield town baby grow and uh, the second, her shirt is somewhere and the second question is why have you woken her up when we're just when we're doing a podcast she's fine irresponsible parenting uh, i'll let you uh give her a cuddle and settle her back down say tell her that uncle craig says hello uh whilst he does that uh nath uh transfer deadline day yesterday two signings were brought in uh two defenders on loan but is it enough um time will tell that's all we can say obviously let's, let's give them a chance to come in and see uh what they are going to bring to the plate um obviously we needed that needed them in and we've got the <laughs> Got the, the players in the positions that we needed, so centre back and a player that can with a bit of versatility that can go right back and centre back. So that ticks those two boxes. The only bit, the only question mark I have got over it is it just feels a little bit like January, um, you know, early this year, you know, the, the January transfer window where 
all right, we've, we've done the business, but it feels like it's been sort of plan D or E, not, and we've missed out on plan A, B, and C, which, which happens. It happens in transfer windows, uh, you know, and in some ways I'm, I'm glad that we're not panicking and throwing money at it and, and trying to, you know, overspend what we may have. So positive, then you've got the negative is, is that going to leave us short, uh, you know, for the season? And could that be the difference between top seven and, and mid-table? Uh, you know, sort of thing. So you know, mix it, but, but at least we have got players in the in you know through the door. Give them the opportunity to see what they can do. As always, have your say on your team in the comments right now. If you want, whatever platform you're watching on, drop us a comment. Let us know your thoughts on the new signings uh, and the transfer dealings. Um, Cam, I'm going to come to you. Obviously, you've been watching um, from afar. You've been to a few uh, home games as well. Um, what have you made of Nigel Clough's business in the last 24 hours? Because there were so many rumours that we were going to go after one of your ex-favourite players from Salford. You were funny. Um, I want to say average. Because we, we've heard all these stories over the last few weeks, like we're going to be signing such and such and such and such. And then we're thinking like, right, Clough's always said it's going to be someone that's going to improve the side and... Yeah, it, it will improve the side, but it's not going to improve straight away. Because firstly, the one one of the players that we signed yesterday was, well, he's out, out for what two weeks, still. So, and my camera's um, turned itself off. I'll. Um... I'm sure Camel. Uh, I'm sure Camel sort that out. We'll uh, drop him out as he sorts that. Um, Nathan, um, you know what Cam was saying there. You know, um, it's a it's an interesting one to have as well, isn't it? Because um, you know, we've we've brought these players in, as Cam says, one of which is injured. The other one's only 22, although he does come uh, highly rated um, in. Uh, we'll hear from him as well. Uh, Richard Nartley um, from, from Burnley is highly rated, but um, Nigel Clough made it abundantly clear that he wanted the experience, an experienced player. And uh, it just didn't quite happen, did it? So oh, that bit where I'm saying it, it kind of uh, in the end underwhelming. Uh, I mean, when the first one came through, I was concerned that if that's it, then um, you know I still felt we were going to be a little bit short, and especially the fact that he's come with an injury. And yes, they say in two weeks till he hopefully will be able to join us. But sometimes with injuries, you never know. It could could be long. Is it going to be something that could be reoccurring? So. Um, yeah, you know, I'd imagine Stike would have done their research on that, and you because we've now brought in somebody else, we're not going to be over reliant on him. So, if worst case scenario is that keep reoccurring or it does take longer, that second signing for me that came through did make me feel much more comfortable. And that we say, it's, it's for me, it still feels like plan three. I think we, you know, obviously Keith Curls come out and said that we were uh in for an olden player which I I would have seen you know up there in plan A uh, we were looking for experience there was no sort of hiding that fact and, and we've obviously lost out on that and that's good but at least we brought somebody in with I think uh, a good reputation good pedigrees you know come from you know the, the likes of Chelsea and you know they do produce a lot of talented players so that's I'm, I'm feeling more positive about that and I'm looking forward to seeing how we uh, fits in 
Clive, where do you sit with it all? Because, you know, like Nathan says, a couple of younger players, but he felt a lot more um, better and felt more relieved with that second signing, um, the, the, the guy on loan from, from Burnley. We got it on the way back last night as we were coming back from Harrogate. How did it make you feel on, on reflection to, to bring those two in? I'm tempted to say underwhelmed. We uh, Clearly, Clough was after something bigger and better and didn't get it. To his credit, I think it was essential that we got some cover in place because we are so thin in those key positions. Um, so at least we've covered the plan B element, covered the uh, the uh, the numbers we need. But I think he was looking for someone a little bit more, if you like, uh, A grade. Um, I'm not knocking these players. I'm not, I don't know much about them. And I think uh, Narty comes very well uh, recommended. And certainly it's very articulate in talking about coming to the stacks. Uh, I think the uh, Forrester chap I know nothing about. But uh, you've got to trust the club. They, they're they in there. They're, they're looking at players right, left and centre all the time. And, and therefore they've got layers of interest in various people. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable that we will go fishing again in January. And probably find the players we were looking for the first time round. And of course, another thing we can do, which is uh, Nathan's uh, favourite thing, um, is to bring in uh, free agents. Uh, Nigel Clough has been quite vocal about this um, today, saying that you know, actually, because of COVID and a few things like that, um, that um, you know, there are a fair few free agents out there that it, it could be a possibility. So even though you know the transfer window is closed, Nathan, um, you know. It might not be the end of business. There are a fair few players out there. It's just about finding the right one. Yeah, um, I'm not holding out too much. Oh, there we go. Not holding out too much hope with this uh, because it's been difficult even during the um, you know, the summer transfer window to get this type of player we've been looking for in the defensive area. So. Um, you, you know, when you start looking at free agents, you send then question why they're free agents. Is it because injuries? Um, have they been holding out to maybe try and get more money? Uh, so you, you do, you, there is more risk when it comes to free agents, I think. But end of the day, you never know what can come up. And um, I'm sure if we dive dive into the archives, I think we have probably managed to pick up some good free agents over time anyway. So and at our level, they they do come available every now and then. So. It's not, it's not be all and end all, um, and we, you know, we can continue shopping, and you just never know who might, who might, might crop up. But it would, it just would have been nice to get it done, and settled, and then we can just concentrate on the, you know, on the league now, and until January, then we could try and strengthen, obviously, any further there. So, yeah, um, we'll see on that one. As always, let us know your thoughts uh, in the comments. Love to have your say uh, on your team tonight. Really want to uh, hear from you guys. Uh, let us know uh, what you think um, in the comments. Um, Roy has been in touch. You say, well said, Clive. Uh, underwhelmed is exactly what I thought, but you never know. Yeah, plenty of potential um, there from the uh, from the young lad on loan from Burnley. But, you know, game time will tell. And that's going to be the important thing, isn't it, Cam? You know, about getting these in, into the side, getting them playing, getting them integrated with, with the group and, and to see what they can do. Because, you know, so far early in the season, Rawson, Hewitt haven't had much competition. There's only really been the three of them. Uh, we'll touch upon Perch again in a minute with his injury. But uh, to have two more defenders coming, it really does bolster the numbers. And regardless of experience, it pushes the standards up a little bit. Yeah, it does, because we've not really got much to challenge Rawson and obviously Hewitt obviously would be 
Callan Gordon, but he seems to be off the scene at the moment, uh, which I suppose is disappointing because you look at the game against Bradford and as fans we were saying, bring bring Gordon on second half, bring Gordon on second half. Lo and behold, we get done over on the se in the second half down that right-hand side, which is so frustrating. But we've got so much strength and depth going forward. It's just in the defence where we have been lacking and that's been an issue for the last two seasons, possibly. I think uh, even when Graham Cochran was in charge, we were very much stuck with... The, the same sort of players and uh, and we couldn't really change it up at the back. We were very much stuck with the same sort of players. So, good to get some bodies in. Frustrating that, um, obviously, Will Forrest is out for another two weeks, but it is an extra man in there. It shakes the squad up. And for something that we're, where we were saying Rawson was improving over the, towards the tail end of the season... It seems like he's taking two steps back this season. So hopefully, with two central defenders coming in, it gives a rocket up his arse and it gets him to perform the way that we know he can. He would he starting to perform more towards the end of the season last season. We've seen it so far in spells, but he still looks a bit shaky. So that competition might be the best way to to develop. Never mind just keep playing, keep playing, keep playing, bring the competition in and nothing wrong with a bit of healthy competition in the squad. Yeah, there certainly isn't. Uh, keep your comments uh, coming in. Uh, this one from uh, from Owen says, Evening all, my personal opinion on the defenders agreed with Clive, underwhelming for me. Hit and miss defending is not ideal at all. I trust Clough and hope the clean sheets start coming. Uh, that's the big thing, isn't it, Clive? That's the, the next sort of uh, itch to scratch and, and box to tick. We need to get a, a clean sheet just to boost the confidence because like we've been saying for the past two or three weeks, failure to do so means that we're going to be relying on our strikers to go and score three or four goals a game because we know we've got mistakes in us. So getting that clean sheet and making us hard to break down, if it means we have to sacrifice goal scoring uh, for a game just to get that right, I've got no problem with that because we that's got to be our fundamental. That's got to be our building block. Not sure I agree. I think um, we need to get the striking thing sorted out as well. I don't think there's a problem in the, with strikers except they just haven't had the look yet. Um they're desperately keen to start scoring and sometimes that gets in the way of performance. Um, but if we win 3-1 every game, I'm quite happy with that. Um, yes, of course we want clean sheets and it's good for the defensive unit, it's good for their spirit, it's good for the goalkeeper. Um, and so, uh, yes, we have to work on that. But we have been completely dependent on James Birch alongside uh, an acceptably fallible uh, Faz Rawson. Um, and it is flimsy, as, been, as now is proved by James Purchase's uh, injury. And I'm really quite disturbed to hear this is an open-ended timescale. Is there more to this than we, we've heard about? Um, normally, yeah. a head knock, it's, it's a week away from the, from the pitch. But uh, it, I'm reading between the lines, this is more to it than that. So I hope it isn't that as serious as it could be. Yeah, that's the, that's the feeling I'm getting from this as well. I mean, Nigel Clough has confirmed in his press conference today that Clough, uh, that um, Perch will be out in, for an indefinite amount of time. Um, so, you know, I, with all hedge injuries, you've, you've obviously got to take them uh, as seriously as possible. But what concerns me is the fact that 
you know, a couple of weeks before he had that nasty little knock and cut to his face. Um, whether and then he played. I don't know if anyone would have would have seen it, but uh, the the last home game where he played, um, he ended up heading a ball and the bandage came off and it it remained off. It wasn't patched up for the second half. And I just wonder if that was exposed, whether that's done a little bit of damage going up to head a ball or, or getting into into tackles. But uh, yeah, certainly to have it him out indefinitely, Nath, is, uh, it, it, it's a bit of a concern considering he's the, the older statesman that we all, you know, have come to rely on at the back. Yeah. Um, and I think that just highlights our defensive frailty, doesn't it? Um, you know, we've, we've, I mean, everyone's been saying it all summer. It's not, it's not no secret that we're, we're short there, and then we do say if we if we lose one, um, you know, obviously you're then even stretched even further, and it's still early in the season, and you you got suspensions and things to possibly follow on. But losing, for me, probably arguably the the, the most key player back there, you know, the most experienced, uh, certainly most experienced head anyway. Um, if you're gonna lose anybody at that back four, he's probably the one that you wanted to you least you least wanted to lose out of all of them. So, um, you know, I did think last week it was. That whole you know, following the head injury protocol and, and keep them out for for the week or whatever it's recommended these uh, you know these days to ensure safety. But like you say, there's more to it, and that that is concerning. And then you you back that up by not necessarily getting our main targets for that that area in the in the transfer window. It just makes it a little bit a little bit worse, doesn't it? So um, going to what you said earlier, yes, I I kind of agree. I still agree. I agree with you and Clive here that. Obviously, um, some of it is down to just bad luck going forward, and I think we can score more. Uh, but obviously, we do need to do, do more going defensively, and if that means sacrificing a little bit of our attacking play, just in the interim, whilst we steady ourselves a little bit after you know four game, three, four games of our, our win, uh, three games, isn't it? So, um, if it means steadying up four, no, it's four. God, um, without to steady ourselves a little bit, then 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 so be it, and then build again. Yeah, we we do have to to uh, to have a look at that, Cam. I think one thing you know about the, the James Pert situation is you know it's not just about his um, his presence at the back and his common influence. It's, it's that experience. It's the way he can read a game a little bit more. And um, I just hope that you know we wrap him in cotton wool and the club do absolutely everything we can to to get him back out on that pitch uh, as soon as possible. Because when he's not in the side, you feel it and you notice it. Yeah, I mean, we've got leaders on the pitch. This is a frustrating thing. We've got leaders on the pitch, but we just seem to lose our way a little bit when we do lose Perch. And that's a little bit frustrating because when you need someone to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and make that big challenge, you think it was one of his one of his tackles against Bradford. You're thinking, oh, if he connects to that, he's off. <laughs> it's about a knee-high tackle, but... It's that bit of grit and determination that you need to to go out and win the ball, and we don't necessarily have that across the pitch uh, in abundance. And so, so when you do lose a player like James Perch, it's just so frustrating to, for them no one to really step up and and make that um, make that sort of like part of the game. There's but. There obviously like the, the the conversation about um obviously sacrificing um going forward to for the stability of the whole team. Do you what what do you do to to do that? Do you drop someone a little bit deeper? You play someone like Ollie Clark a little bit deeper, for example. Do you play five at the back? Uh, 
not like a five at the back, but a four with literally just Clark in front. It, it swings and roundabouts, and it, it really depends on how you want to set up because there's some games where you need to be set up a little bit more defensively, but then you've got other games where you think, right, we've got to go out and absolutely hammer them for this squad, for this one. And you think, we're trying to play the best team that we've got and the best players and the best system. And it, it's so frustrating when when things don't come off. And like Owen said in the comments, obviously clean sheets are a huge part of morale. And yeah, it is. Because if, we, if we're letting Coles in at the back, then the strikers are having to do more. And if they're not doing their job, then we're just going to keep losing games. And it's finding that balance in the squad where where we're attacking, we are clinical, but also we've got the stability across the rest of the pitch as well. Uh, Paul also adds uh, that we all know the defence needed uh, an overhaul, had all summer to work on this, yet had to scramble to get two lads in who may or may not be uh, the answer. And uh, do you know what? This goes back to something you were saying, Nath, earlier on, actually, about um, it, it has feelings of the January transfer window because it goes all the way back to the very, very start when we were after Tom Naylor. We were saying it a few weeks ago about whether or not um, missing out on him was, was going to come back to bite us. And I actually think it, it has in more than one way because in Nigel Clough coming out and saying that he was going to be the, the highest earner by some considerable way, it put into supporters' minds and, uh, and into their heads that we had this chunk of money, this um, portion, percentage set aside for... Uh, an experienced commanding defender. And we were all thinking, right, well, okay, if he's not available, it's still quite early. There's, there's numerous people out there that, you know, could, could go and uh, could go and do this. But um, it, it never seemed to come. And as we were ticking closer and closer to deadline day and, and the sun didn't come, we're all thinking, is this there? Is it there? Is the, is the funds there? Is the money there? And then... you got a feeling of deja vu. We've been yeah. here before. Yeah, and I think that's that's the frustrating thing for me. It's the fact that this is the longest transfer window, and we've been so reliant on trying to get target A, and you know, and and not, you know, moving it on quick enough. I think we're a little bit guilty sometimes, Nathan, being a little bit overpatient in terms of waiting for that player to sign because. We had the rug. If if we if we believe what Clough says, we had the rug pulled under us yesterday. Not once, but twice. One by a club who wanted to keep the player, rumored to be the the guy from Oldham, and then another who decided to join a League One club. Yeah, um, but I, I also think we have possibly have got it quite difficult as well in the fact that you know you, you go back to that Tom Naylor interview, and obviously you say about us fans expecting this uh, pot of cash there, knowing that he was going to be the highest earning, earning by some way. Well, if we know that as fans, agents are going to know that and other clubs are going to know that. So when it comes to us trying to make signings, especially um, if we're going to be paying a transfer fee, clubs are going to be pushing us for even more because they know that's there and available. So there's that issue. And then we've also got the issue of, because of what we did a few years ago, with, you know, when, when Steve Evans were in, we were throwing money, to, money at it. Um, and, and even a little bit after him, so we're still for some reason, and it, it bugs me because every after every game, every when we get beaten by Swindon or Bradford or uh, and teams like and, and Colchester, all the all the fans are popping up saying, "Oh, we, you know, we've, we've we've done well against big spending Mansfield." Well, we're not big spending anymore. We've cut back this season for me quite quite significantly. 
But I still think we are, at the moment, seen as a big spending club. And I think that's making our job even harder in the transfer window when it comes to signing signing players. So And, and, and we know Nigel Clough doesn't want to spend for the sake of it. And I, and, and I applaud him for that. But then you could also argue that's why we're kind of getting into this situation at the moment where we're not getting our number one targets because I think we are trying to be more sustainable. I'm not going to over complain about that because I think that's a good thing but it's going to have an effect on the on the pitch I think that's that's part of the reason why we've had a you know and sort of an underwhelming finish to the, to the transfer window keep your comments coming in we want to hear your views let us know your thoughts on the transfer dealings and we're going to be talking Papa John's trophy uh, in a couple of minutes as well first though let's head into the Stag, the Stag's dressing room and get the thoughts of Stag's boss, Nigel Clough, who uh, spoke early today at the RH Academy, talking all about the transfer deadline dealings, uh, the signings we've made, and those who we may or may not have missed out on. This is Stag's boss, Nigel Clough, speaking to I Follow Stags. Well, they'll give us some much-needed cover, uh, first of all, uh, and also via for a, a starting place. Uh, losing James Perch uh, for an indefinite period has been a, a huge blow for us. Uh, so we definitely needed to strengthen that area. Ideally, would have liked a little bit more experience there, uh, but we just missed out on a, on a couple that we've been working on. Uh, but we've got these two lads in the background and just pressed the button on them when we didn't get the others. Been at Chelsea's one of those uh, for sort of 10 years or so as a youngster. So you know he's had good grounding, uh, a good upbringing in terms of football, uh, having been around such a great club. So uh, he came out, did really well for us at Burton in League One, then uh, sort of didn't have a club for a while, ended up at Burnley from last November where he's played some 23 games but most importantly he's trained with the first team uh, and anybody who's been around Burnley's first team and the way that they play and train and uh, I spoke to Sean Dyche about him uh, he said they really like him and they've been impressed and he said most importantly he said the first team like him uh, which when you're a young player coming into that sort of Premier League squad very, very important to impress your teammates. We were quite disappointed. We lost out. Uh, one, the club changed their mind. Uh, so we can't do anything about that. Uh, we'd agreed terms and everything and with the player and the club wouldn't let him go. And secondly, we lost out to a, a League One club. The player went to a League One club, another one. Obviously, much bigger resources than us. We just still like that that experience, I, I think, at the back. Uh, more, Even more so after losing Perchie. Uh, but something we'll have to get through. But there is still that option. There's one or two free agents out there that we're, we're looking at at the moment uh, for, for some more experience back there. Uh, so we'll see how that goes in the next week or so. But I think happy generally, happy with our goalkeepers, you know. Uh, it's a very important department, especially the three youngsters. So defensively need a little bit more. Uh, midfield, happy. Miss Ryan Sturk when he was unavailable, certainly. Uh, but happy with the options in there. And we know we've got the four or five forward options as well. So uh, balance, I think, balance is good at the squad. Obviously, the, the pandemic uh, has, has left a, a lot of people, uh, players, without clubs. Uh, so there's, there's quite a few. It's just getting uh, one good one amongst those. Uh, but there are. And it's, you always used to be, I've got to get fixed up. I've got to get fixed up as a player before the window. Now you're not in too bad a position if the window shuts and you're still a free agent. Uh, you're in a stronger position in some ways because people know they can't sign anybody else but free agents. They can't go and get loans. They can't get any permanence in. Uh, so all of a sudden this pool, if anybody gets an injury in the next week or two or like us, they're looking for some experience, then that's the only pool you can uh, you can pick from. 
Stags boss Nigel Clough speaking to I Follow Stags. For more of those interviews, of course, you can head to mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow, uh, where you'll see a, a full uh, 11 or so minute interview with Nigel Clough from today's press conference, not to mention uh, an interview with uh, the uh, the new guy uh, who we shall hear from very, very shortly. Indeed, keep your comments coming in and let us know your thoughts on your team. We're going to be talking formations uh, very, very shortly. Indeed, uh, I'm going to go over to Clive though for a second. Clive, um, Nigel Clough was saying in there um, about um, the, the squad and being happy with it. He wanted to bring in uh, at least one body. He brought in two, um, irrelevant of their age and their posi- uh, position and, and things like that. Does that mean that we have enough numbers now to, to be able to cope with, with certain things, especially without going into too much detail though, um, with uh, the depth we've got, we'll have a rant about that in a couple of minutes or so. But in terms of the squad size, are you more comfortable now than what you were two days ago? Slightly. Um, we've certainly got a defender now in in Narty that I'm guessing can come into the team. Um, and with uh, James Purchase plight, then it's more likely he'll come in quicker than he would have done. Um Yes, we've got an extra body there and potentially another one when he gets over his his, um, his uh, injury. Um, but you, everybody's right. We should have we should have had this sorted out a while ago and ideally we should have had a better quality player in the squad now who would be pushing these other guys out. Um, these might do it. Uh, and equally, the, the, the nudge might get the the more established players playing better. Um, so I'm, I'm, be- I'm, I'm happier, but not, I'm not... I'm not hysterically happy about the whole thing. But we are realistic at Mansfield Town. You've got to make do with what you've got half the time. And uh, and providing that the team plays more as a team, I'm not unduly worried. Um, some bright things saw on Tuesday that encouraging. I thought young Clarkie did well, uh, especially as captain, um, in his first proper game. And I thought we saw a much more Lapsley-like performance from Lapsley as well. So... I think there are one or two positives came out of that silly, silly trophy game. Um, you know, uh, and it's better than the training pitch match. I'll give it that. And, and the accommodation at Harrogate Town is ridiculously poor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I'm wondering like an old fellow does. So move on. No, no, I completely <laughs> agree. I, sorry there. There is a story there, and unfortunately, I don't have the uh, the, the image to put on screen um, because uh, I'm not prepared enough. Uh, but Harrogate, uh, their ground is poor for me. Um, you, you get there, it's all street parking. You got to battle your way down a, a, a bindy windy road to to try and find a parking space with lots of random yellow lines everywhere stopping you parking then you get to the ground and you you get to the little tea hut they've got no proper brands or anything it's just a a massive urn and some some, yorkshire tea some horrible little cups and stuff and then even then if you want it considering yorkshire tea is made by tailors of harrogate even even if you have even if you want a drink and you're you're happy to settle for um um tea hut uh, Tonya's um one pound fifty brew, if you've not got the right change, you can't have one unless you're willing to give them the change. Unless you're willing to let them keep the change, it's an absolute oh, disgrace. I wanted a drink. I had a twenty pound note. That's and <laughs> think that they're having the change from twenty pound. Absolutely ridiculous what, what's and then and then I've, I've started to all finish and then 
You get into, you find, a, uh, you try and find the toilet. It's hidden around the back, and then you, you you get into the stand. You find a seat, and then you can't bloody see because the other half, the bloody other stand, is cutting your view off. It's a horrible place to go. Yeah. <laughs> What's really <laughs> a football one got? Better. They hadn't got any sausage rolls. That's what got, got his dander up. And that's what's up with him there. Now, there yeah. we go. At least we've got Clive yeah, to but even if they had got sport. a sausage roll, I'd have still had to give him the change from a bloody £20 note because they wouldn't give any change or pay on card, which are, yeah, just not having it. My <laughs> bank would think, oh. Be like, it's only a tin pot cup, though. Look, regardless <laughs> of competition, my rant about the of about Harrogate is overweight. Let's go back to the point, and that is: Have we got the strength in depth? We lost, of course, three uh, one. For me, we we didn't play great. I thought we were actually quite poor uh, in places last night. Maybe I'm being overcritical though, because it was um, a young squad, um, Nath. But still, I expect a certain level of performance um, and effort um, from across the board. That goes to the to the management as well. Um, and, and it didn't come. And I, I'll tell you what annoyed me a little bit more, actually, was Clough's post-match, where he started off by saying, I don't really care about this. Well, that's fine. But what about the 135 or whatever it was fans who travelled, paid money, they expect to watch a certain level of performance and, and didn't see that. And that was very, very disappointing indeed. Yeah, it might have been a little bit better if he said he doesn't really care about the defeat as such even though it, I mean it's still I guess it's still the same isn't it but um, I don't know where to sit this is what I'm saying a bit earlier I don't know where to sit with this because I'm, I'm with you I, I like I do I see some benefits of the, of the cup understand why people don't but for you know we, we, we say it every time I'm not going to go over it again watch last week's uh, episode if you really want to know why we why me and Craig support it but um, it comes to the end of it I don't think it defeats the end of the world. You know, it's I'm not going to go on full-on meltdown mode like a lot of people have on social media and absolutely batter the players. I don't think that's necessary. Um, you know, it's got its benefits in the fact that we gave some players a good run out, such as Harry Charsley. You know, like Clive said, George Lapsley had a better game and it's more minutes than that I still think he's building up his fitness. So it's a bonus for him. Uh, James Clark, we finally had the chance to see him, made captain. For me, best player in a, in a Mansfield Town shirt. So on, on the night, so you know it's got its benefits there. It was a young team, but we were also against, all right, albeit a little bit more sort of experienced team in Harrogate. But it certainly wasn't their first team either. So I'm with you in the fact, in the sense that it wasn't really an acceptable performance. Really, you know, even with a weakened team, I would have liked to see us done a lot better. That said. We also, it could have been different if we put the penalty away and then didn't get the sucker punch of conceding straight away. That because that could have changed the game. And it, but it, you know, obviously, that that was a horrid little horror story in the middle of the whole thing. But Harrogate deserved it overall, and I don't think there'll be any complaints about that, despite our missed chances ourselves. You've done it. You've lit the touch paper. Let's talk about him, uh, Mr. Jordan Bowery. Who? Oh, wow. Um, Super player, super player. What a what a player. Um, Mark's asked, do you think Bowery has played his last game for the Stags as a striker? In a word, I bloody hope so. Um, and you know what? When a player's down on confidence, you've got to put your arm around him, support him. But last night, he was probably the most experienced player on the, on the pitch in a Mansfield Town shirt. And one thing which um, he didn't do was, even though he didn't have an armband on, 
was to be a leader. When we get that penalty, we just started playing much better football and getting a foothold into the game. When we get that penalty, a player of his experience and a player of his standing should do one thing and one thing only, and that's drill it down the middle. You know the keeper's going to move, hit it hard and low, put it out of the keeper's reach and get back in the game and make a game out of it. What he does, tries to be cocky, like he did at Leighton Orient. He got away with it then at Leighton Orient. Tries to be cocky, hits the bar, stands there looking at it, going, oh, what, what's just happened? Whilst they go down the other end and score a goal. A calamity of errors started by a number nine who should have been deregistered and put as a number five because when he played 10 minutes at centre-half, it was fantastic. I'm going to come to his defence a little bit. I mean, we did, players do miss penalties. and I, you know, It's frustrating, whatever. I don't think people would be as much on his back if the fact that they didn't go down the other end and score. But that isn't just his fault. There, there was 10 other players on that pitch that could have stopped that ball from going in the, in the back of the net. And they didn't do their jobs either. So that's, no, that's the no, only no, defence no, I'm going to give no, you. No, there's no defence there at all because if he'd, if he'd have got it on target and if he'd have uh, you know, not tried to be Mr Fancy and put it in the top corner, wouldn't have needed the other 10 players on the pitch to try and help him out because we'd have been no, celebrating no, and trying back to the no, half. Yeah, it's absolutely it's great. It what if he put it on target and the keeper saved it? Exactly. Then it would have been a good it save. Can, it, it can happen. It, it, it happens though. And it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't end up in a goal in your own net. I get what you mean. We should have, should obviously, you shouldn't be missing from 12 yards, really, should we? Let's, let's be honest. But it does happen, but you shouldn't can, concede from it straight away. That, that just, was more, there was more faults than just Bowery. Can I just answer a question from one of our viewers? Mark has asked, do we think Bowery has played his last game for the Stags as a striker? No, he's in the squad. He's, uh, he's there when needed. Um, and he can contribute as he did during the last season. Um, I'm not trying to defend what he did on uh, last night at Harrogate, but, you know, it's no good having a rant over these things, Craig. You actually grow older like <laughs> I am. You'll realise that ranting gets you nowhere. Uh, it's doing me the world of good, mate. I feel a lot better for it. So. <laughs> uh, I now know what my role in this bloody lark is. It's to calm you buggers down, isn't it? <laughs> Look. With it's series five, you get used to it by now. It's fine. Uh, keep your comments uh, coming in. Uh, Richard says, uh, to I think to Bowery's defense here, uh, if Hawkins gets injured and Johnson is suspended, who leads the line if not Bowery? And to be fair, you know what, my my rant was tongue in cheek. If you didn't pick up on that, then mm. uh, but I, I think, think I, I think we I still think there's more there. I still think there's more ahead of him. I think. You've got Oates, who was fantastic when he came off the bench um, last night. You've got Nathan Kane, who's who's sniffing around to try and uh, get himself in the squad and get some experience. You've got Tyree Sinclair. You know, Lapsley can play up there as well. I think we've got options. I actually think that Bowery would be much better suited if he was, you know, just utilised elsewhere on the pitch, mainly uh, at centre-back. I thought he was great there. But also, you know, that, that aside... Um, what I do think is not suiting Barry and a lot of the players um, is um, uh, is the situation around the formations. And this is what leads me to uh, my next point and which is something I think deserves conversation, is it deserves debate over. And that is, should it be a diamond or a 4-3-3? Should it be a diamond or a front three? Let's go around the panel. Let's see what we, we make of it. Clearly at the moment, for whatever reason... Um, the diamond is not working. 
um, and it, it's Agreed. not suiting, suiting our style. Um, Clive, I'll go to you first. Yeah, it's just not it's not working. It's making the worst of good players. We've got uh, the 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 position between Lapsley, arguably the most creative midfield playmaker we've got, and Oaks doesn't work on that situation, um, and therefore you're getting worst from both of those two players. Four three three works well in that situation, um, and I think when we've played four three three, we've been a threat. Um, as soon as we revert back to this crinkly diamond that we have um we, we lose that threat and i can imagine why the uh, the strikers we've, we've uh, brought into the club get frustrated because we're not sticking to a, a format um so i know i'm not a professional football manager i don't pretend to know everything about the game but i know this it works better as 4-3-3 from what we've seen this season end of me <laughs> cam the frustrating thing is that whenever I've seen us play, the diamond work going forward, but it's just the defensive line. Like we, the amount of chances that we created in them first three games, four games, was ridiculous. You think going into the Bradford game, us and Bradford had created the most chances in the league, and it goes out and plays out a five-goal thriller. It, it's fantastic to watch, but it's just that defensive instability that I think shows the weaknesses in the diamond. I don't think it gives us enough width going forward. So you think if you've got just like Callum Gordon playing instead of Elliot Hewitt, you've got that bit more width going wide. So it's like just getting up the pitch. Take that out of the game. Elliot Hewitt sits far too back for me to play that sort of style. But who do you play in that position when Gordon's not fit? I think... My background's gone off. Um, but it's it's that that lack of depth in defence, I think, that that really makes holes in the diamond because we're just relying on the midfield too much because we can't rely on the defence, if you get my point. Nath, what about you? What's your what's your take on it? I think we've we've got an even split so far. Where are you where which side of the fence are you uh, uh which where, where are you going? Are you going Salford or are you going Edwin Stowe? I'm going. I'm going Edwin Stowe. I'm going. I'm four three three. However, I, I do see the, the the benefits in the four in the in the diamond. Uh, but I think the problem. Like, I, I I actually agree with Cam a little bit. It's worked for us going forward. But I think the opposition have learned how to exploit us in that. Uh, they, they see our weaknesses and in that formation. I think we're more exposed with it. So I think it's more of a fact that not necessarily we're, what we're doing wrong in that formation as such. I think it's the personnel not working with it. Uh, and then the opposition know exactly where to hit us and, and they're taking advantage of it. So I'd, I'd like to see the 4-3-3 three, three, and uh, I hope to see it on Saturday. Yeah, I completely concur. I actually disagree with a little bit that you said in there. I don't think it's working for us um, going forward as much as it can be. I think we can be much more of a threat than than we have been. And I think a lot of uh, the key hitters, the, a lot of the, the key players who um, have been pivotal to our success more so last season um, are not getting en- enough out of that diamond. They're not performing in it because they're almost out of position and, and having to, to cover and, and to... to um, to almost, you know, have to play a, a completely different role. But I also think, sorry, just to cut in, I think creating chances is 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 what we're able to do in that in that diamond. It allows them the the midfield players to push a little bit higher up. 
it, it's just the width that's then the issue. You think <laughs> the amount of time Stephen Quinn's out of position because he's covering here, there, and everywhere. And I don't even think it's down. To, I don't think it's down to the midfield that the diamonds necessarily failing. I think it's down to the strikers not actually putting the bloody chances away. You think the amount of chances that we actually realistically in a game we do create and how many we actually put away. And it makes the whole team look bad because we're not scoring. When you look at, like just for the Bradford game, for example, or the Newport game, we were creating so many chances, we just didn't put them away. And and then that was punished at the other end. It's just, is is play, is it, is Clough going to stick with the diamond and then change personnel? Or is he going to think like, throw the dice, go front three, and it gives us that little bit more width, and that then gives us a little bit more cover at the back? Because the play, because teams aren't going round the midfield like they were. So like when Andy Cook scored their their third goal, that was down that right hand side because Elliot Hewitt was exposed. It's because the midfield was too narrow. Well, there, there's my point. Um, it's the fact that you know they are out of position. They, they're not. They're getting dragged away, and they've not got a safety bank. And we're not utilizing as much as what we can. If you look at you know what we were saying towards the back end of last season, and that is that we've got one of the best midfields in League Two, if not in potentially in, in League One. All of those midfielders could play in League One, but for whatever reason, it's not quite worked. When you had that bank of three, you had you know. Quinn on the left-hand side of it, Clark on the right-hand side of it, and then Maris um, in the middle. But they were all sat central. They weren't drifting. Ollie Clark now drifts so far out to the, the touchline. Parts of the game, he's sat in the in the Ian Greaves lower because he, he's playing that wide. and he, he He's not that type of player. He's much more of a central-focused player, someone who can bring the ball down and spray passes left, right and centre and see that vision. You're not going to get that from him when he's you know stuck out wide. And he's not the type of player that can go in for me, beat a man and, and put a cross in. He's the type of player to break up play and to, to build play and, and be the engine. You've got the players in our system that can really, really push on. You look at having Kel Gordon and Stephen McLaughlin as the, the two fullbacks. If you've got a three with Stephen Quinn on that left-hand side, which is where we do a lot of our play, McLaughlin can push forward a lot, lot more. Quinn can go with him, but then you've got Clark and uh, Marish who can come can come and sit in. They don't do that in the diamond. It, it it crumbles far too much and people just play through us. And that was highlighted for me at, at Swindon and in the way they scored the goal. And if you watch back a few of the other goals that we've considered this season, it's been the case and it only takes a good manager and a good coach to work that out. So for me, we have to look um, at going back to uh, to the 4-3-3. Let us know your thoughts um, in the comments. What do you think? Should we be going back to a, a 4-3-3? Should it stay um, as the diamond. Uh, Richard says, I'm for a 4-3-3 as when we're under pressure, the three in midfield becomes a five and uh, absolutely. And that that's what sort of uh, makes it uh, a little bit tighter. But I don't know whether it's a question of stubbornness in, in some ways, not in a negative way, Nath, but I think Clough has worked so hard on trying to get us to play a certain way. Is he going to want to change it after, you know, only what, five league two games? I mean, he did. We did play a little bit, didn't we, in the Swindon game for for a period. So. We did, and those two periods where we played four three three were the best yeah. period. And when we switched okay, back, yeah. it went went belly up. Absolutely. So um, because we 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 have started introducing it, I, I don't think um, I don't think, and I hope he won't be uh, too too stubborn and, and stick with a with a diamond for 
uh, for too much. I think I, I think it will be worked on, but I just hope it's one of those that to try and turn our fortunes around whilst things aren't quite working for us. Then you know we need to be brave and 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 change something. Like and like you said, uh, or somebody I don't know if it's Cam or somebody said, is it going to be the personnel that changes in this system, which I don't think is going to make much of a difference um personally so the alternative is let's change let's change the system and see if we can get more out of those those key players that haven't quite been firing so um i think he can you know Clough can be sort of resolute in his in in what he wants uh you know and want he will want that diamond to work but the fact that he's already introduced it a little bit makes me think that he is willing to to, to give it a go especially when it did work for us last season as well yeah, I I think that there's there's certainly the potential there to to go back to it and to tinker because as much as I'm sitting here ranting now about not playing a diamond and playing with a four three three, there'll come a point at some point later in the season, Clive, where we'll be saying the opposite. We'll be saying that's not working for a while. Let's go back to back to the diamond. I think we've got to just be open to being flexible and a little bit more fluid in our in our approach. Of course. All we're saying, I think we're all in agreement, that at the moment it's not working properly. And that's down to individual performances uh, as much as format. So it could be that the format isn't the problem, but it isn't working at the moment. That's all I'm saying. Um, and I think we have to try these things. I also think there's a case for changing format mid-game as well. Mm. I mean, the other day when we got a goal lead at home um, and we were going to be under a certain amount of pressure following that, we should have reverted at that point to a more defensive format. And I blame the management team for not doing that because, in my uh, lay opinion, that would have been the right course of action. But, you know, on the other hand, we could have broke through and got another goal, and we, we didn't. But uh, I think I, pref- I feel safer with a 4 3 3, but I'm not saying that the diamond doesn't got a place. It's personal opinion at the end of the day. And yeah, I agree. The I, person I, whose opinion matters most is Mr. Clough. Yeah, it is. Um, but that's, uh, I think. It, there's got to come a point, hasn't there, where might have to just do a little bit of appeasing um, for the fans. But again, I think it comes down to personnel because, you know, we were saying um, before, I, I think, you know, we've, we didn't really change the back four apart from Hewitt in the last um, few games. That's now going to change again with the, with the two new lads um, coming in, certainly with James Perch out, um, you know, for a little bit longer. That back four is definitely going to change. There's potential issue with Rawson as well, who uh, felt a little twinge in his back last night at Harrogate and was uh, substituted off. Um, so that's definitely going to change. And the midfield has, has pretty much stayed the same, but we've also had new additions in there. We've got Ryan Sturk back in uh, back in training, um, hopefully on, on Friday. I don't think he'll be in the squad on Saturday, but he'll be back available. Um, and then you've got a complete new forward line. It's just about everybody finding their, their way and their rhythm. Um, but I, I just think we, we've got to find it because... You've also got Harry Charlesley to think about, um, Clive, to, to come back in. And, you know, he played on the right-hand side of the diamond last night. Um, was all right, didn't really get much chances. But the link-up play between him and Lapsley when it was a 4-3-3 last season was, you know, it, it was... Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was like it was like psychic, wasn't it? They could read each other. They read each other very, very well indeed. And I think, you know, if, if there's that potential there for them both to play, then get the best out of them, then, then let's do it. Well, it hasn't happened this season because they've not had the chance to do it. Um, but if both players continue to improve, as I, I can see in, in Lapsley at the moment, um, we've not seen enough of uh, Charlesy to judge him at the moment. But if those two players can go back to the sorts of form they had last year, then they should be the first names on the on the, uh, the team sheet each day, each game. 
Um, we've got plenty of strength in midfield. It just hasn't worked so far in the way we expected it to. Before before this season started, I was one of those people saying well, we've got the best midfield in League Two. I still believe that. It just hasn't hit its form collectively at the moment. Um, but that, the good news is it's still there to come out. Um, the strikers are, are, are going to hit form at some point. I have no problem with that. Uh, it's frustrating at the moment. From you know, As Cam says, we were making chances they weren't being put away. On another day, we make hardly any chances and we score two goals. It's, it, that's football. You know, you'll get one come off your backside when you don't deserve it. But we've we've deserved to get more from the games we've played this season than we got. Uh, that swings eventually the other way. Yeah, it's, it, it does. And with that, I think that's a, an apt time to uh, look back and uh, review the opening month uh, of the campaign. Obviously, uh, ended in defeat last night at Harrogate in the Papa John's Trophy. Who cares? Had our say on on that. I care because I want to see the tank ran, and I didn't get a fifteen draw. Um, but Cam, um, you know, as only months go compared to um, you know where we were, we've built a, almost a new squad. Fans have been back in. It's been great to see. It's been great to get to games again. We've had a really tough uh, run of opening fixtures um, as well. Um, you know, and you know, had a quick turnaround on, on some of the games as well. What have you made overall of the opening month of the campaign? I'm just getting the league table up. Uh, average. I think, could we have started better? Yes. Could we have started worse? Hell yes. Um, you look at, compared to where we were last season, we've got two wins on the board. <laughs> last season, we didn't do that until November. So, you've got to take it. Take this season with a pinch of salt. We always knew when Clough came in, Last last November, that it it was going to be a building season, and obviously Clough did say he wants to go for promotion. He's going to be pushing, and I think it is. Did, did he say that to to give himself a bit of motivation? Possibly players' motivation, possibly. But I genuinely think he believes that, and I think yes, it was frustrating to lose at Swindon, and yes, it was frustrating to lose the way that we did against Bradford. But I don't think. Nigel will be too worried at this stage. We we sat in seventh in at the end of August. The season has not won at the end of August. At the beginning of September, it, it, it's won in April and May. So there's a long way to go. So uh, over uh, first, yeah, like I said, it's frustrating to lose the way that we did in them two games. But there is a long way to go. So I'm not too worried, and would have maybe liked to pick at least one more win up, but. I'd take two wins, a draw and two losses. Quite happy with that, personally. Nathan, what have you made of it? Yep, average. Uh, because it's literally two wins, two draw, two two losses and a draw. It's, it's average, isn't it? But when you analyse it game by game, you know, uh, the, the games we won, we won, you could argue we didn't play as well and the games we didn't get the, the maximum points from, you, could, you certainly would say we deserved more. So... Based on that, you know, I, I, I'm, I do think there's more to come from us. Uh, that's, uh, that's hundred percent. I do think we are going to get better, um, and that's why I'm, I'm not, not, not losing my head and not panicking over, you know, just a, a few games where it hasn't quite come off for us. You know, we've had a, a goal over the line that's not been given. We've had penalties given against us that shouldn't have been, shouldn't, you know, definitely shouldn't have been given. Um, so a bit of luck and a bit of uh, our own, well, we create our own bad luck in the sense of giving away. Um, you know, soft goals. So hopefully, you know, we 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 will 
we'll get that sorted. But I certainly think we're a better side than last season, and that's all I ask for each season is to build on what you did last year. If that doesn't, if if that means we don't quite get promoted, then so be it. But as long as we've improved, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I don't think we're anywhere near in that position yet to start even start thinking about how this season will will pan out. I think that the start is important. You know, um, it's important to get off to a good start. And for me, I think we have made a, a good start considering the, um, the, the the opponents we've had. You look at the, those games, Bristol Rovers, of course, at home on on the opening day. That was always going to be a difficult game because it was the first time that fans have been able to, to go back properly in league fixtures. It's the same for home and away. So there was uh, an atmosphere there. It was it was tense and, it, and that showed um, in the game and in the attendance as well. Um, Newport, you know, Bristol Rovers, of course, as well. I didn't even mention this, that, you know, they were relegated last season. They'll be itching to try and bounce straight back and Joey Barston will be desperate for a promotion on his CV. Um, Newport County, of course, as well, um, the following week. Um, in the league, same scoreline, um, similar sort of game, a little bit nervy, but again, another side that are going to be up there towards the end of the season. Um, Colchester, you never really know what to expect um, with them. They were in a bit of disarray, but have clubbed together and, and got that sort of thing of um, unity and, and driving forward. And it, that little bit of luck, it didn't really come off for us. And then Bradford, uh, strange, strange game. Um, again, really, um, one which when the pendulum swung one way and then the other and a little bit of individual errors and, and things cost us, but it, it's fine, fine margins, really. And then again, Swindon, we never do well um, at Swindon and came very close. Perhaps we should perhaps should have had a goal, um, should have done better with their goal, but it's could have, would have, should us. And if you take all of that into into perspective, Clive, and add into the fact that we've had a couple of midweek games in there as well, uh, a player isolating through COVID, a couple of injury knocks as well, and being one or two players short, of course, because we didn't sign the players until yesterday, um, I think we've done all right to, to be where we are. The only niggling concern I have is the fact that it's three consecutive defeats, albeit one in a competition we're not really that fussed as, uh, as, as a club. But it's a, a squad mentality thing, and um, hopefully they'll be itching to put it right on Saturday. Yeah, I think we're worried about too much here. The the month of August when we saw the fixtures, I think most of us said, "Christ, you could have got a you couldn't have got a harder month to to start the season off." Um, we never get anything at Swindon, for instance, and we didn't. But if you looked at all the individual games, they were all going to be very challenging for us at a time when we were building a new team around some acquisitions as well. So to come out with the, with the numbers of points we've got, we shouldn't be too dis, uh, disillusioned. Yes, we should have uh, got something. We should have got a point against Bradford. We should have got two down in Colchester. We should have uh, we should have got something from Swindon. You know, it, it should have could have, as you were saying. And it's, it's, we'll get some of those. In fact, you could argue we got a penalty in the first game against. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, Bristol that perhaps on another day we wouldn't have got. So mm. swings and roundabouts. Um, let's let's see what happens at Warsaw at home on uh, against this shower of Yorkshire pie makers on Saturday, and then against the Saddlers the following week. That'll be an interesting two games as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Roy says we've played four out of five teams that are favourite to go up, so it might be average, but that's not too bad. But I do think we'll win on Saturday. Um, more comments coming in as well. Uh, Richard um, says more positives than negatives. Uh, frustration with the Colchester match and Swindon match. No one we have played so far has really impressed me. Um, Sue says, um, uh, don't you think we've been 
unlucky with match officials uh, too as well. Um, it all equals out though. Um, those controversial decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Keep your comments coming in um, on that um, little um, bit. Uh, a bit of fun for you now. We are going to start as of next month giving out prizes on this show. We're working very hard on getting some Mansfield Matters um, extra merchandise, some brand new mugs, maybe some t-shirts um, as well. We're, we're, we're trying that. But we're going to do it by way of a game because as we know on this podcast, I love a feature. And they're all worried now. They're all, that's the, the, that's the silence of, of worry. Anticipation. Absolutely. This doesn't well, get run by us, like you know. This is no, a I, for us as I well, spring so. this on you. Now, I was playing about earlier with uh, some recording software and found a little trick that you can do in the recording software that uh, I use, where you can reverse a clip. So I would perhaps say Craig Priest, and I could record it and then reverse it, and then you'd have to figure out who it is. So what I've done is I've recorded the name of a former Mansfield player and, I'll give you an extra clue, a former uh, Stags Stories uh, guest, reversed it, and all you've got to do is guess who it is. This one's for a little bit of fun. We'll start the proper competition next week. This one is out of Clive, Nathan and Cam to see who um, can be the winner. So I'm going to play the clip for you. I'll play it for you three times. So listen very, very carefully indeed and see if you can figure out um, who this is. Here is the first reverse name. So there you go. That's the first play. Uh, after the first play, Nathan, any, uh, any clues? No, not a clue. Not a clue. Cam, you had an eager ear there? I think I've got one. Okay. Somehow. Clive? Not a clue. Well, here's your second play. Comes at you very, very quick indeed. Uh, so the third and final play, um, and then we'll go to Cam to see if he can figure it out. Cam, you thought you knew who it was, or you thought you might know who it was? I'm doubting myself now. I don't know. What's the clue? So the clue was it's a former... Um, I'll give you three clues. Former Mansfield striker... Former guest on Stag Stories and his brother also played for the club. Oh, that's a massive giveaway. I mean, you just absolutely destroyed it there. You didn't need to give us that last one. I think we could have got that from the first I mean, two. Quite clearly, Richie Barker. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. <laughs> <God's sake>. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, think we, I think we've got it. I think we've nailed it. I mean that was going to be my guess, so I'm a bit annoyed because I was I was going to get it right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So of course now you it's all, I mean, oh, it's all gone now. If I'm, if I'm being honest, Nate, one of the the third clue I was going to give was that his shirt is hanging up behind me, but I realised that you can't see it. That's also <laughs> yeah. That's so I, I thought I'd go with the brother's clue. So go on then. Who 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 is um who is this? Go on, Nate. Mickey Bolden. Cam? Mickey Bolding. Clive? Michael Portillo. No, it of course is uh, Mickey Bolding. Uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to record one of these clips and, and then uh, I'm going to um, 
put it on a little QR code, which you'll be able to scan and get through our, our social media pages. We'll put the clip on there as well. It will. It's going to be called the Mansfield Matters Mystery Voice or the Mansfield Matters Mystery Name Working Title. Um, and if you guess it right, um, you'll get entered into a draw to win some Mansfield Matters merchandise. So make sure you come back um, next week um, to, to get involved with that. What do we think of the new feature, which I thought about about a minute before the show? <laughs> good, good luck to everyone. <laughs> Without the clues, luck, yeah. that's, that's, that's a tough, tough game. But uh, you've got to be in it to win it. <laughs> we've thought of better ideas but it's not the worst I'm I mean slightly, I want to say we I, mean, I don't want to stifle I don't want to stifle initiative here I mean Craig it's still not as good as the Covid Cup definitely not but... I'm off yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Nathan's gone. Uh, before you do go, though, Nathan, come back. Come back. Come back. Come back. He's not here. He's gone. No, he's, he's there. He's there. Um, the one feature which will remain is the podcast predictions. Nobody scored a point last week because we all predicted wins and we lost. Idiots. Um, so, um, this week, we are, of course, playing um, Warsaw. So, give me your predictions. No, Nathan, um, no, next week. Harrogate this week. It's been a long day. Um I even wrote bloody Warsaw down as well. What an idiot. It's the feature. It's the feature that's got to me. Um, you guys can play along with this as well. I'll give you details on how in a minute. Uh, first, though, Nathan, because you're top of the uh, the, the divisional charts in this one, uh, give us your um, give us your prediction uh, for Harrogate at home. Hate to do it, but I'm going to go for a 2-1 defeat with um, well, Ollie Hawkins getting an hour, hour goal. Okay, Kaminar, it works. Go for it. <laughs> One nil win. Stephen Quinn to score. Quinny on the score sheet. Go on then, Clive. Three one win. Lapsley, Hawkins, Johnson. Okay, he's gone. Uh, he's gone big. Uh, I'm going to go for. Oh, what do I do here? Hmm. Do I go for the win or do I go for a draw? No, I'm going to back us. I'm going to I'm going to say we're going to win and we're going to keep a clean sheet. First one this season. We're going to win 2-0 and the goal scorers are going to uh, to be... Um, let's have uh, Danny Johnson to get on the score sheet. And after... Uh, because it's his debut, we always like a, a debut goal. We'll have the, the new guy as well. Um, yeah. We'll have the, the new defender who will play, whose name is slipping my uh, my mind, but you know who I mean. Naughty, so, naughty. That's it. Naughty, naughty. There you go. I don't know why I wrote RH on my uh, piece of paper, but it's RN, not RH, but I knew what you meant. Uh, if you guys want to play along at home as well, you can do so. We'll put the link on our social media pages uh, later in the week. Um, you can just go on there every single week and put in your predictions. Nice and simple. You just put your name, put what you think the scoreline will be and any additional goal scorers for uh, bonus points. Let's end um, tonight's show uh, by heading back into the dressing room one more time. Let's uh, go back to the very start um, and go to that. Um, obviously, transfer deadline day yesterday, Clive. We brought in Richard Nartley, the man I mentioned earlier. He's played with Clough before and that familiarity really is when you think about it a little bit more reassuring than uh, than going out and getting somebody that's perhaps unknown. Yes, absolutely. And, and if if Clough knows a player from from uh, previous ex experiences, it makes sense to bring him in. Um, and I think he's probably got plenty of potential. And if we can realise that at the mill, 
and hopefully keep him on a longer contract at the end of it, then it'll be a really good acquisition. I mean, your dog seems to uh, like the thought of the acquisition. Uh, yeah, I've kicked him out. He stinks. <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, whilst uh, you give the dog some fuss, let's head into the dressing room then uh, and hear from the Stag's new boy, Richard Nartley, on why he wanted to uh, join up with Nigel Clough um, once again. Here he is speaking to I Follow Stags. Now that you know, I know it's all done and dusted, it's really relieving just to uh, be able to get my head down and do as much as I can for the team. I spoke to the gaffer yesterday about you know the opportunity and if you know, he was interested in looking for, for a player. And, uh, you know, fortunately, the next day he called me and he said uh, they're going to speak to Burnley. And uh, if everything was fine with that, then uh, it would go through. And here I am. I think it was a really big part, you know, playing with him before he gave me, you know, my first professional games under, in the league. So uh, I, I already know how, how he works, what he demands off the players. And uh, he really uh, helped get this one over the line. I think it's pretty much impossible not to be motivated you know when he's your gaffer you know you can see how much it means to him and you know when the when the manager cares that much it kind of reflects on the players so I think he drives everyone just to be better and I really like that you know you grow up around you know probably some of the best players in Europe so it pushes your level up you know each day you're training with them and uh, you know I got to see you know what was expected from from you at that age but I think you know going on loan it really helps you get used to the you know the sides that you probably don't learn you know growing up at an academy like that the physical side of the game you know the little bit of smarts you need to have for the game so uh, I think the loan really helped me a lot as well the technical side of the game it was a lot more demanding on the that side of the game and then I think physically you know there wasn't as much there so you kind of probably you know learn a bit too much of the technical side without getting that physical aspect which is why I think you know the loan moved to Burton and the gaffer giving me the game time you know helped me develop so much more I really like to read the game and you know try and intercept as many of the balls as possible, which I think I did and showed quite well when I got my game time at, you know, at Burton. And uh, I like uh, to be like composed on the ball. I like to play out from the back, which I know the gaffer really likes it as well. So I think, uh, you know, just do as much as I can to help the team, you know, try and, you know, do my best to get in the team, try and stay there. And, uh, you know, I saw how, how they played and how it worked under the gaffer last year when he came in and how well they did. So I just want to kind of do the same. That's uh, new defender Richard Narty speaking to I Follow Stags. For more from him, make sure you head to mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow. Uh, very briefly then, uh, let's finish on talking about Narty. You heard what he had to say uh, there, Cam. A player that can read the game, a player that likes to play out from the back, but a player that knows Nigel Clough as well. Uh, even though he's 22 years of age, a good schooling at Chelsea and Burnley, uh, as well as long as with, as well as uh, some football in League One with Burton. He's got a huge opportunity on Saturday, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Um, I suppose anything, anything is better than what we've got currently, um, in, in some senses. But yeah, um, he's got to come in, settle into the squad well, and he's just got to perform because we we have got players that are going to challenge him. You think Rawson will challenge him? You, you think um, so? Like. Um, James Clark can challenge him. It's going to be difficult for him to get into the squad. It's going to be difficult to to keep a place in the squad. So he's just got to come in. I think he's got to have a bit of confidence because I think when when you are brought in as a player, you're thinking like, right, what have I got to do? What have I got to do? Right, I've got to make a good impression for the fans. We've got to make a good impression for the manager, and you've got to make a good impression for the rest of the team. And all you can really do is try your best. Um, and, and just go out there and perform. It's 
it's it's just difficult when you come into a team where there is a little bit of instability at the back and you're thinking, right, I've been brought in to do this job because they're not doing their job. So you've got to try your best because you know if you do your best, then you could be in the team starting week and week out. But you've also also got always got to be looking over your shoulder. Is somebody going to be lucky for my place in the squad? And uh, especially when he's coming from uh, higher divisions as well, he's, he, sh- he should have that little bit more of a quality, a bit more class, and that offer that little bit more stability to the team. And obviously, Clough wants to brought in for no reason. He's seen what he's like. He's seen what he as a, is as a player. He, can, he sees what he can bring to the team. And I think that's one of the biggest positives. If you're going to bring in a player, why not bring in a player that you've already worked with? You know the temperament of the player. You know you've got a good relationship with the player. Is he going to solve all of our, our um, issues? We don't know until he's played. So it's a difficult one to judge until we have seen. But let's hope he goes into the team on, on Saturday and, and puts in a good performance. Uh, Nathan uh, can mention there that he might find it difficult to get in the team I don't think he will I think he'll be handed yeah. his, his first start on Saturday I think he's pretty much already got his name on the team sheet hasn't he? Yeah I, I agree I think he's um, pretty much going to be straight in and uh, I don't think there's that much necessarily that much competition at the at the moment apart from maybe you know Hewitt really I guess I think it's going to be between him and Hewitt to get out of a centre-back um, spot, probably alongside Rawson. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's pretty much secured a place at the moment. And unless he has some awful games, I think he might be uh, quite comfortably in there until until Perch is back. Personally, Clive, I don't know your thoughts on this, but I think he should play Bowery and Nartley at centre-back. I don't think Rawson should be anywhere near it at all. Would you be, be in yes, for that? Clive. You're just trying to rile me now, aren't you? Because, <laughs> yeah. You know, I have a much more clarity of view over uh, Mr. Ross and the new people. The guy, you the guy, people! Can the welcome guy, back. Well, you are, it, you're it now back permanent and he's, he's off. Faz <laughs> Ross has fallibility. All players do. But what he does, he does well. He makes a mistake every now and again. And I don't... Yeah, well, you know, you can say that. We will spend a day looking at one other player, pick pick fault with them if you like. But um, no, we, we we haven't got the best fullbacks. We know that. And with Perch out the side, this lad will walk in. By the way, um, I'm sure of that. Oh, by the way, isn't he articulate compared yeah, to most players? Yeah, I'd, I think he's that, that 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 kind of gives me, makes me think he's got a bit of an intelligence which you need kind of in that position as well. So I think he's had I some think... media training as well. Potentially. You know. Well, yeah. after after what after Jacob Mellis's experience as a youngster at Chelsea, I think they probably brought that in, didn't they? Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps we could invite him along as a podcast guest. Anyway, the the point is, I think he will get his place. I, I think he'll be alongside Rawson in the absence of Perch. Um, and there are a few uh, computations of the back four. I think we can look at, but we have got that extra pair of legs now as cover, and that's the good news. Yeah, I was sorry, I was distracted for a second because I caught out the corner of my eye, Clive, uh, Cam in the bottom corner uh, with the baby in the arms and her arms flaying. And I was just thinking, Nath, it'd be really good if you hit him in the face. She was getting restless, but she just keeps clutching onto my shirt. She's after your breast. Well, he said it was not one. 
I always said he was a massive. No, that's not. Let's not do that. Uh, of course, uh, we are at home to Harrogate on uh, Saturday. Cam, before before we let you go back off and be daddy duty, uh, final thoughts on that one uh, for you. Obviously, we've got a three-one defeat to avenge from Tuesday night in the Papa John's uh, Trophy. Completely different side for both teams. Back at home, though, let's get a win because it's we need it just to pick the spirits up a little bit, don't we? Uh, we've got to go out and win. I think it's the most important thing. Uh, get that confidence and that bounce back into the team and and just really see what these new signings can actually do. Because, yeah, like you said, if he's going to walk straight into the team, he's still got to make a bloody impression on the team and, and actually put in a performance because... It's, it's just going to be one of them seasons where you're going to be chopping and changing players, especially if if Perch is out for long term. Is he then going to be like guaranteed to come straight back into the squad when he does? Right, I'm going to go because someone's restless. Hit him in the face. Hit him in the no, face. No, <laughs> Definitely no, do. Listen, sure. listen to your Uncle Craig and hit him in the face. Uh, no. We'll see you next time, Cam. Thanks very much for your thoughts. Send us uh, my best and give her a cuddle from me. Uh, the baby, that is, not his missus. Uh, Nathan, your final thoughts uh, on uh, on uh, Saturday's game? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I've gone for a defeat. and Obviously, I hope I'm wrong. Um, yeah, hopefully, although Tuesday night doesn't matter, hopefully um, some of those players go come into Saturday and want to get a bit of revenge. Uh, I think at some point, a couple of scuffles in the second half. So hopefully a few words have said, and that'll be a bit of fire in the belly to to, to go out on again on Saturday. But the, the issue is for me, Harrogate have, have, have started flying. Uh, they were very unlucky to not have a 100% rec- win record. So mm. I, think obviously it's, they, I think they've got a game in hand, haven't they? So they won one. Uh, three drawn one, uh, something like that. Yeah, second um, in the table at the minute. Uh, one three drawn one, and yeah. ten points. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're they're flying at the moment, and and we're sort of uh, a bit unstable. So I obviously hope I'm wrong, but I just think we're in for another tough game. Like we have, you know, we've had some hard games at the start of the season. I think this is another one you can definitely throw into that hat. Uh, fine, final thoughts from you, Clive. Yeah, much the same. It's going to be a tough game, but I think um, I think the players are up for it. I think we uh, we deserve a bit of luck as well. We deserve an official with eyes. Um, I think uh, it might just happen this Saturday. And uh, we do for some goals, aren't we? We do for two or three goals. So it's going to be Saturday. That's that's uh, certainly hope so. Uh, the words there of uh, Clive Parkin. He'll be back with us on Sunday in the uh, Sunday uh, sermon. Make sure you join us for that. <laughs> For now, though, that's all we've got time for here on the Mansfield Matters podcast. I'm looking forward to getting back to the one called Stadium and to be able to buy a sausage roll and a hot drink without having to give up change from a £20 note. Harrogate, take note. I'm also looking forward to seeing the new defender. We'll see the other new defender in a couple of weeks' time when he's fit. And hopefully a much improved performance. Let's get three points on the board. Let's keep the one call stadium rocking. And let's make sure that when we're here on Sunday for the Sunday sermon, we've got smiles on our faces. From me, Craig Priest. From Cam Felton and little baby Evelyn. From Nathan Edge and from Clive Parkin. My thanks to all of you. Thanks very much for watching, for getting involved. This is a show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. I hope Evelyn's done a really smelly poo and Cam's got to... Uh, to deal with that I'll leave you with that for tonight that's my final thought good night
or solely those of the individual. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.